and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast, supported this week by Bucas. Well, I hope you've all been coping in a heatwave and are maybe enjoying things cooling down by a few degrees by the time you listen to this. I'm delighted that this week I'm introducing the first of our summer sports specials. For the next 10 weeks, we'll be dedicating every episode of the Horse and Hound podcast to previewing and reviewing the biggest events of the summer season. We're going to start this week by looking ahead to next week's Longines Royal International Horse Show. And what better way to kick off than by talking to a man who recently made Hickstead history with a win in the derby. Yes, it's Shane Breen. All these Grand Prix, all these majors, when you can get your name on the trophy, it's a great honour. And I suppose when you win one, you want to win them all. There's no feeling better. I'll then be talking to my colleagues Eleanor Jones and Alex Robinson about the big names and classes to watch in both the show jumping and the showing at the show. Everyone always says that the day you qualify for either the Royal International or Horse of the Year show is one of the best days of your life, and it's certainly true. Each and every class is so prestigious. A placing there is just phenomenal, and to win there, it's a real dream come true. So we've got a lot to get through. Give that tail a final brush and let's get going. Hi, I'm Jennifer Donald, show jumping editor at Horse and Hound, and I'm delighted to be joined this week by the recent winner of the Al Shira Hickstead Derby. It's Shane Breen. Shane, welcome to this week's podcast. Hi, Jen. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Well, let's start by talking about that amazing day. Has it all sunk in yet that you've actually won the Hickstead Derby? Um, I think it has. It's been, um, I've, I've been looking forward to the day for a long time. Um, for mm-hmm. it to finally happen was um, pretty amazing. Yeah, I was delighted for Kanye McCann and, and uh, Team Z7, Shake Mehta. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was a big, a big team effort. We were all over the moon. And um yeah, and my, my, my team, Breen Equestrian team, um, you know, when, when you when you build up all year for days like that, everybody appreciates the success. And I think one of the most excited people were my own family, um, Chloe <laughs> and, and my four kids, Lorna, Darcy, Dougie, Wolfie. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it was family, family effort. Um, and I think there was more than just me over the moon about it. Brilliant. Oh, I mean, just take us through that winning round then with Kenya McCann. I mean, he it looked a lot of fun on him. You said it was like sitting in your favourite armchair riding him round Hickstead. Is that right? Yeah, he's he's. Uh, we know one another very well. Um, it mm-hmm. was our third time to do the Derby. First time I went around it, um, I knocked the Ballisard, which is the third from third last from home. Oh, and yeah. I think that year um, I jumped the dry ditch and I went six strides to it. And then the next year I jumped it, I had the dry ditch down because I wanted to do seven strides. So oh no! <laughs> from having the experience of done both, um, the mm-hmm. question this year was, what would I do? But I think because of uh, having been around it and knowing Kanye McCann, I, I rode the dry ditch with a lot of confidence so that he would right. jump it confidently but I had very much in my head to do the seven strides afterwards now, I do think I I did I did have a, a little rub at the dry ditch but got away mm-hmm. with it thankfully yeah and <laughs> and did did the seven strides uh to the next one and um 
he jumped it good. Um, I think the rest of the course, as you say, it looked very comfortable. I must say it was very comfortable. He he was really enjoying himself. Um, I think he was in his comfort zone. You know, I think twice on the way around, I gave him a little pat in the neck just to tell him mm-hmm. that that we're doing fine. You're doing a great job. Just keep it together. And um, I must say it was very enjoyable. Obviously, it's quite as enjoyable when you jump around clear. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I suppose it's the second time I've jumped around clear. I jumped it with Golden Hawk in 2019. Um, of course, yeah. So to do it again with Canyon McCann was was really a, a fantastic feeling. And then for there not to be another clear round uh, was great. You know, there was four other very, very good rounds. Carlos had a great round, Dermot, and then Harriet, so unlucky at the water again, and myself with oh, Golden yes. Hawk. The four of us mm-hmm. were on the four falls. And um, yeah, it, it, was, it was a fantastic day. The win is amazing to be first and second, equal second was was kind of the icing on the cake. And I was just so happy for both Kenya McCann and Golden Hawk because, you know, they're 16 and 17 and they've been fantastic uh, horses in my career. I've had many, many great days and great successes with them. And yeah. you, you can't, both of them can't win on the one day, but, you know, hopefully I'll uh, I'll give it another go possibly next year with both of them if they're if they're in good shape and they're up for it. Um, yeah. yeah, fantastic, very exciting. And I mean, are they quite similar to ride? What happened after you got off Kenya McCann? Did you ha- do you have to sort of regroup and readjust to ride Golden Hawk, or is it quite an easy transition from one to the other? Uh, they're they're very different. I've got a, a little contradiction. They're very different, but actually quite similar. They both have a lot of blood. Uh, oh, yeah. They're both very scopy. They're careful. You can ride to the jumps. So from the point of view of having to think about each obstacle, there's there's always one or two fences on a course that you have to take particular caution to. Like right. obviously going in, going into the Devil's Dyke. Um, as I said with Kenya McCann, the the dry ditch. He's not a great fan of it. Um, mm-hmm. With Golden Hawk, a little bit different. He jumps the dike very well, and he's very brave at the dry ditch. Uh, basically, with Golden Hawk, it's just a question of keeping it nice and relaxed. Um, and that was where my Achilles heel was. After the water, he just got a little bit strong in my hand, and I ended up a tiny bit too close to the to the brown rails. But from, you know, when I get off Canyon McCann, do, did I have to... Uh, think about it too much for Golden Hawk I didn't um, it was more just do my regular warm up you know I didn't need to over jump either of them I know them very well just once they felt good in their body and they felt warmed up which takes about 10-12 jumps was plenty uh, to be honest with both of them because I've been around it once with Golden Hawk twice with Canyon McCann I was confident and um, I've been around it enough of times myself with with many <laughs> with many different types of horses um, yeah. so I know I know the course um, inside out if you like and I would definitely say to ride Kenya McCann and Golden Hawk around it is an absolute pleasure. 
Oh, wow. It sounds amazing. Very envious. And uh, I mean, did you watch the final riders? Were you sort of hiding out the back waiting for the scores to come in? Are you, were you able to watch Dermot and, and all the others and wait, wait for the outcome? Um, to be honest, not one person did I see going around it. Because oh, right. when, when the first one was in the ring, I was obviously warming up Kenya McCann. And yeah. then when I jumped Kenya McCann, you know, I trotted him off for a minute or two and then I got on Golden Hawk. And to be honest, I was I was just thinking about Golden Hawk's warm up. Michael Quirk was stood at the side of the warm up and he had mm-hmm. he had it playing on his phone. So ah, okay. I, I knew the results as they were coming into me, which actually was was a good help. Just, you know, it's nice to know what what's happening, you know. Yeah. Um, and then after I jumped Golden Hawk, to be honest, there was two left to go, Holly and Dermot. And mm-hmm. um, I was more concentrating on getting ready to get back up on Kenya McCann. And, and I was basically just thinking about my jump off. Um, I was thinking about the warm up with Kenya McCann. And as, as I was just about ready to get back up on him, um, the mm-hmm. word came through that uh, uh, Dermot had had a fault at the bank. So yeah. So obviously I didn't need to get back on. Yes, I remember I was sort of at the entrance and I saw lots of sort of hugging and celebrations. I wasn't sure if you were in there or where you were, but yeah, you suddenly emerged eventually after all that. So um, the emotions of doing a lap of honour, you, you seem to enjoy it. I think Kenya McCann seemed to enjoy that lap of honour as well. Absolutely. Um, I think because it's the 60th running um, of Derby, um, and then uh, Chloe and I, we, we jumped Derby together. We were equal third. Um, I think it was back in 2005, I think. So Chloe rode Buddy Bond. And uh, we, we both had a fence and we, we, we were equal third. So obviously, um, Chloe uh, knows what it's like to go around the derby. And um, yeah. so it was fantastic. And it was lovely to have all the kids there. And, you know, the thing is, <clears throat> when you look to the future, I feel very proud that I was able to win the derby and I look forward to to one of my kids maybe winning it one day. It's not that they have to do it, but if they would like to do it, um, hopefully we can have a horse like Kenya McCann or Golden Hawk for them to have a a pleasurable ride round on it. That would be amazing. And I mean, talking about uh, your kids in the next generation, just a week after you won the Hickstead derby, I saw Darcy was winning at the same venue in the schools championship. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, so was I think the first time that uh, Cotsmore um, had a winning team um, in the schools competition, and oh, it was lovely yes. for for Darcy as well because she was with her cousin Mia. You know that's that's really exciting for them, and and as you say, a week later, um, you know the kids get a great buzz out of that. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it's it's wonderful to see and great great for great for the school as well and for everybody connected all parents and but you know that's a fantastic thing for the kids and so soon after after they've watched on tv or they've come with their parents to watch it live and then a couple of days later they're in the same arena getting their ribbons and their sash and just a wonderful wonderful feeling for the for the children and you know it gives them the confidence to look ahead to doing a derby jumping at the royal international you know, coming into that big arena again in Hickstead. 
Brilliant. Yeah, great opportunity for them. And yeah, I'm sure it's it's almost as competitive as the Hickstead Derby with the kids and their ponies. Brilliant. Absolutely. Tell us about some of the other horses you've got at home in your string at the moment. Have you got a strong uh, group of horses at the moment that you're excited about? Yeah, I have a, I have a great string. Um, I suppose Ipswich is, is kind of, he's, he's at the helm, really. Um, mm-hmm. He's won some great majors for me. And and he's an amazing horse to have in the truck and and to go into some of the biggest classes in the world. Again, he's quite a different character. He's a lot of blood. He's quite he's, he's a lot of um, adrenaline running through him. So you right. have to kind of stay nice and quiet with him. He's not so much a Hickstead horse, um, which is quite interesting considering he walks around the perimeter, the outside yeah. of the ring a lot, but. <laughs> It's 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 quite a funny one really because he's he's very good in the big grass rings in Mexico, Hamburg, and obviously Dublin, um, yeah. Dublin and Hamburg. He's won he's won the Grand Prix and you know that again along with the Derby was a, a mm-hmm. huge highlight in my career um, to win that in 2019. And you know we'll we'll obviously go back and try and do it again. And then along with along with Ipswich, I have a very I have a couple of very good young horses. Um, I have Visto Grand, which will be focused oh, yeah. for the Royal International for the King George, and then I have Haya, which um, mm-hmm. I think is a wonderful mare. Um, I have Elmira Mail, and I have Quickstar Quebec. So I've 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 a host of I think very very good horses, and then there's another bunch after that eight eight year olds and seven year olds. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's, it, it's very exciting. And obviously, I have an auction coming up um, the 31st of August. Uh, we were doing the videos for those. And I have a couple of very good seven, five, six, seven-year-old horses, um, which are in that. And, and yeah, it's very exciting. Amazing. And is that part of the, the sport that you like, the producing and the, you know, the young horses and, and bringing them on and, you know, the next generation getting excited about what you've got at home? Absolutely. I think it's it's so important to try and breed the very best horses. And um, mm-hmm. I, I get a great kick out of looking at pedigrees, trying to mix and match pedigrees and um, and seeing what the result is. We breed quite a lot of horses at our stud in Puckborn. And and then I like to produce them, and um, and that's why I've started with with the auction now. Is you know I, I want I want everybody to have a piece of the action, um, oh, and, I, and I want to follow I want to follow our our homebred horses, our horses that I have put available for sale, and yeah. and watch them go on and have great careers, and 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 make people very happy. You know, I, I, I absolutely get a great buzz out of breeding. I, I love watching the foals, watch them to grow up, watch their mannerisms. Um, it's very exciting. Um, I love bringing the kids over to see them. And, and, you know, it's interesting. Some of them get quite attached to some of the foals and then they follow yeah, them I up to imagine. three years old and, and further oh. on, which is great. And, you know, some of the horses that we have in the auction, um, mm-hmm. Some are homebred, uh, and there's a couple of them that I'm sure are going to go in and jump a derby one day and and jump five star grand prix. So, who who will be on their back remains to yeah. be seen. But I'm I'm absolutely confident that we will see them at the highest level. 
Absolutely. And the opportunity is there for someone. That's really exciting. Um, yeah. Fantastic. And uh, finally, just looking ahead then to the next show at Hickstead, we've got the Royal International coming up next week. I'm guessing that's a show that you always look forward to, is it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose the only class I've I've left to win now is the King George. Um, we've, yeah. We've, uh, <laughs> I should have won it with Golden Hawk a couple of seasons ago. Um, it didn't happen on the day. Fastest time I clicked the gate down. Uh, oh, yes. But I'm very excited about this year, um, as is our chef to keep, Michael Blake. Um, I think he's quietly confident. Um, I think we have a very good team. Just need a little bit of luck on Friday. And, um, and then on Sunday, we have the King George. So my plan is to ride Visto Grand, um, a horse that, Car Nichols bred and my wife Chloe and I we own him and mm -hmm. we're very excited about him he's nine years old again it would be amazing if we could have a repeat of of Derby Day and yes. um, if, if, if Vista Grand was the one to walk in beside Chloe and I and, and the kids that would be oh. an amazing feeling amazing indeed yeah and i mean you look at the role of honor for the king george i mean it's such a proper lineup of legendary names isn't it what would it mean to win that kind of class yeah absolutely i listen i suppose again all these grand prix all these majors when you can get your name um on the trophy um it's mm -hmm. a great honor um it's a great achievement and you know to win these majors it, it gives everybody a lift uh, not just yourself but it lifts it lifts the whole team around you and um i suppose that's that's why we do it it's it's to know that you have a chance and and i suppose when you win one you want to win them all there's no feeling better and and they're great days to look back on i suppose it's it's all about the competing and and listening to the to the cheer of the crowd when you do well um, yeah. and, and I must say the spectators are fantastic in Hickstead they really get behind everybody but at the Absolutely. end of the day no, nobody remembers second everyone remembers the winner <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah no pressure then um, and I mean there's a host of sort of other championships and young horses classes as well is it going to be a busy week for you have you got a sort of full stable of horses in action that week yeah, we've we've a big team jumping there, um, and you know we've many other riders, um, both Irish and English riders. I must say they they're they're a fantastic talent, and they're doing an amazing job on producing uh, the next Grand Prix horses uh, for myself to ride and for them to ride. Mm -hmm. So I suppose the thing is where where we're always striving uh, to be the best and. For those young horses to, to get into the main arena in Hickstead and to jump those courses is, is incredible for them. And not just for the horse, but for for the riders as well. It's, it's you know, at the end of the day, it's a bond. As we said earlier about Kenya McCann, to ride him in the derby, I know him so well. It, it makes yeah. it that bit easier and gives you that bit more confidence. So if you can ride, I did it with Cos I Can many years ago when he was a five-year-old who he won the championship in Hickstead. He came back as a six-year-old. And then I went on to be on the winning uh, Nations Cup team with Cos I Can. So, you know, when you get that bond, uh, that, that connection, that friendship, and you've, you've gone on to a big stage um, as, as a young couple together, it can only stand to you for the future. 
Oh, I love it. Well, very exciting. Looking forward to next week. And uh, Shane, thank you. It's been great chatting to you. Looking forward to seeing all the action and uh, seeing how you get on at Royal International next week. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Jane. Look forward to it. This week's Horse and Hound podcast is supported by Bucas. Bucas creates high-performance horse rugs and equestrian-related products, producing a collection of technical horse rugs that ensures your horse is suitably dressed, no matter what the weather or occasion throws at you. From protecting your horse from flies to protecting our planet with the Green Line range, Bucas has you covered. So I'm joined now by Horse and Hound's news editor, Eleanor Jones. How are you doing, Eleanor? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Pippa. Um, hoping by the time this comes out, we've all cooled down a bit. <laughs> yes, we were just discussing the fact that we're recording on Tuesday and we are all melting a little bit. It is quite warm. Yeah, exactly. Probably going to go out and get my horse in for a hose off later and then put her back out in the field. Yeah. Oh, well, that's kind of you and hopefully she will appreciate it. (laughs) Well, Eleanor has kindly agreed to join me to give us a bit of a rundown of the show jumping action that we're going to look out for at next week's Longines Royal International. So, Eleanor, I think we'll uh, have a bit of a chat about the main classes and what is coming up. Let's start with the Longines Nations Cup. That is Friday's feature class. Tell us who's in the British team for that. Yeah, so uh, a great squad uh, selected to represent Britain. We've got Ben Mayer on Fultic HB, Ellen Whitaker on Equine America Space Cake, Harry Charles on Casco Blue, Jodie Hall McAteer and Salt and Pepper, and John Whitaker on Equine America Unique de Frankport. So yeah, strong team and and really hoping. For, I mean, how amazing would a home win be? Which would I think be the first home win since two thousand and ten, um, which would be amazing. Hmm. And do you think the Brits have got a bit of a chance for that home win? Yeah, I would really hope so. Um, uh, Ben Mayer, obviously the Olympic champion, although not on his Olympic championship winning ride, is is really hoping uh, to take the title. He's he's never been on a winning team at Hickstead, been on plenty of other winning teams, of course, but, you know, it would mean a lot to him. Um, Yeah, really strong team. And uh, I think we've got a real chance. Hmm, Interesting. Well, that's good news. And just give us a little bit of context of where this Nations Cup falls in the season. We're just a couple of weeks off the World Show Jumping Championships, aren't we? Yeah, so this will be for, for Britain and for many teams, you know, this will be a sort of strong uh, hopefully indication of how things are, I would have thought. Um, the Nations Cup series, so we're in the European Division 1 league, Nations Cup is just very, very complicated. Um, and each team has four legs at which points count. And this is Britain's last one. Um, a few other teams, there's one more leg at, at the Royal Dublin show in in middle of August, but this is our last one. We're currently in fifth place and the top seven teams go uh, to the Nations Cup final at the end of September. Um, but we are only five points behind Belgium in fourth place. So you would hope that, you know, a good strong result at Hickstead should put us in a very good position for qualifying for the final. Mm, Okay, well, fingers crossed for the British team for that Nations Cup on Friday. And then looking ahead to Sunday, which will be the 31st of July, we have the Longines King George V Gold Cup. It's sort of the, the biggest individual class of the show, isn't it, Eleanor? It's the one everyone wants to win? Yeah, it really is. And and we've had top riders saying before that there are, you know, there are certain classes they all want to win. And this is definitely one of them. And it's it's such a historic class. It um, obviously it was only open to 
it was open only to men uh, until 2008 when that was the first time lady rides were permitted. Since then, uh, BZ Madden from America became uh, the first lady rider to take that title. But there's also been some huge uh, names who have won it in the past. Harry Llewellyn and Fox Hunter won it three times. David Broom won it six times. Michael Whitaker and Nick Skelton have won uh, it four times each. So that is going to be hot competition. Um, and obviously it's probably too early to say who, who might win it, but Ben Mayer has got Explosion W. He's Olympic champion uh, entered for the show. So could he be one to have a good go at it? Mm, well, I think it's always a brave person to get bet against yeah. Explosion when he's lining mm. up in a class, isn't it? Um, and talking of lady riders and gentleman riders, as as, as we like to call them, or certainly mm-hmm. as we would call them in the more old-fashioned ways of the, uh, of the of the sport, we have the BHS Queen Elizabeth II Cup on Saturday the 30th of July. And that's a class which used to be open only to female riders, isn't it, Elna? Yeah, so that's uh, that's the a prestigious national class, and that was uh, only lady riders before. And again, in two thousand and eight, it was opened up to uh, to male riders too. So this is yeah another massively prestigious feature class, and again, wouldn't like to <laughs> wouldn't like to try to call who's going to take it this year. Okay, well, we'll be looking forward to all of those feature classes. And of course, I'm particularly looking forward as eventing editor to the Ashby Underwriting Eventers Challenge, which happens on the Thursday. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that too. So can you can you tell us a bit more about that, the history of it? Yeah, so it, we've had an eventing challenge class at Hickster for quite a number of years. It was originally sort of a challenge between eventers and show jumpers. And they used to go right out of the arena and jump some really quite cross-country style, cross-country fences, if that's not a silly thing to say. There was a water crossing and so on. The challenge now the class is a little different and the course is all within the arena but it is quite a rustic course there's some uh, knockdown fences but there's also a bit of jumping on and off banks and there is a bullfinch fence and the class is the the course is the same every year as with some of the other sort of famous famous classes that happened in the hickster the arena such as the derby so it's really should be a good class nikki hill won it in 2019 on kilroden sailorette that little uh, little chestnut mare who's quite a stocky little um little one but she uh, she is a great uh a great contender and, and comes forward again. We also have Laura Collett with Decapo. She will be one to watch. Francis Whittington has been a, a rider who's been successful in this class in the past. DHI Victor Nikta. We have Gemma Tattersall with Flash Cooley. Very good, uh, good four-star horse with some, some really good form. So I think Felicity Collins, Shadow Mini Moon, a nice nice grey mare that. Quite a young one. She's by a Connemara Stallion, Glen Carrick Dolphin. So I think it'll be a really fun class to watch and follow. Um, on on the Thursday afternoon at Hexted. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be so good to be back. Obviously, the Derby meeting was so good uh, the other week and brilliant to be back at a full Royal International Horse Show this year. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Eleanor, for joining me and uh, giving us a bit of a flavour of what we can look forward to. We'll all be cheering on the British team and, and looking out for the winners of those big individual classes too. Throughout the year, Horse and Hound sends reporters out to all the biggest events in the equestrian calendar to cover the action for our weekly magazine and our website at horseandhound.co.uk. The coverage we bring you on these two platforms is different. The weekly magazine provides your comprehensive curated roundup. We reflect back on the big wins and analyse all the results with insight from our team and experts in the industry. 
Meanwhile, on our website, we bring you the news as it happens. We speak to the riders as they leave the arena and report their thoughts in lightning quick time, covering all the biggest stories as they unfold and often producing 10 or more stories every day online from a big show. The first five articles you read on our website are free each month and beyond that you need to buy a subscription. The cost of this reflects the fact that we need a bigger team at events when we are creating extra articles on our website and not only producing a magazine report. To buy a Horse and Hound website subscription, visit horseandhound.co.uk and click subscribe or for great value, in the same place you can buy a combined magazine and website subscription. We know that magazine subscribers are our most loyal audience and we really value your ongoing and vital contribution to our business. Therefore, if you are already a magazine subscriber, the cost to upgrade your subscription to include full website access is minimal. Call 0330-333-1313 to find out more. I'm here now with Horse and Hounds showing editor Alex Robinson, who will be heading down to the Royal International next week to report on all of those big showing classes. Alex, how are you? Are you looking forward to the week? Hi, Pippa. Yeah, I'm, I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to Hickstead. It's definitely one of my, my favourite shows to attend. I'm just hoping the weather does cool down a little bit for the horses and ponies who'll be there. But yeah, I know I'm really excited. It's quite a long way for me. It's about five hours in the car, but I'll, when I get settled there, yeah, I'll be ready for, for a full-on week of reporting. Yeah, Alex is up in Cumbria for those uh, listeners who haven't previously heard that. So she, as she says, has a big old journey down to the Royal International. And I think last year was your first time actually visiting that show, wasn't it, Alex? Yeah, it was my first week there. Um, yeah, I went for the whole week, arrived on Tuesday and stayed right through till Sunday after the Supremes. And yeah, it's just a, a really great week. There's so much to watch and it really is, um, you know, you get the creme de la creme of, of animals there and riders. So it's really a, it's a fantastic show to report at. Okay, well, let's share some of your memories from last year. Let's let's have your top three. Give us uh, give us some of those favourites from last time. Well, probably one of the the biggest spectacles is definitely the horse working hunter classes, which is split into lightweight and heavyweight divisions, and it's a really really great watch because um, the course is it's a true hunting track with loads of of obstacles in there. There's a big open water jump, a big wall, a massive hedge. It's it's absolutely it's iconic really. And last year's champion was actually a show jumper Nicole Lockhead Anderson and she rode Paulette Cooper's uh, MJM Laszlo who actually won there in 2018 with his with his former rider Louise Lyons so he was kind of we knew he was you know he could take the track on but watching them jump was absolutely incredible and then they could all come back into the into the main ring and you really get to see them gallop and show off their paces as you know show horses and he, he really did he, he obviously loved the track and he just shone in that main arena so that was a really a really great um a great watch and I think Nicole actually she'd also won a a show jumping class earlier in the week so she'd had a had an amazing time at the show so yeah that's probably be my my first watch um and then also earlier in the week there was a Connemara pony called Thunderbolt Fairy Robin Bambi which is quite a mouthful but he's um yeah, he was a little Connemara pony who won the amateur M&M class with his own rider Megan White and then he returned a few hours later to win the win the junior class, the junior large breeds class with Grace Litherland on board. And they actually went back into the main arena and took the championship. So yeah, he had a he had a great 
a great show and he's a pony that Megan's brought up the ranks herself. He was 10 last year, but he actually came up through the, the search for a star ranks. So he appeared there a few years ago and he, yeah, he's um, gone on to be a double Royal International winner. So he was a, he was a lovely one to, to watch as well. And I think finally, I'd have to say that the um, the conclusion of the show when Alistair Hood took the the Supreme with the, the beautiful Cobb, our Cashel Blue, and after their win, um, so they achieved a score, um, a 30 out of 30 score from the three judges, so perfect score. And they actually both retired from the from the ring after that win, and it was so emotional. I was crying, everyone was crying. It was absolutely glorious watching them, you know, bow out from the show ring it was it was stunning oh well so many great stories coming out of that show and hopefully the same again this year with uh, lots to follow and write and talk about Uh, just from having been there last year for the first time Alex and I'm sure followed the show all the way through your your showing career personally before you even worked for Horse and Hound what's special about this show why does everybody want to win there well, it's, it's obviously, obviously such a prestigious show. You have to qualify to compete there, um, which is, you know, everyone always says that the day you qualify for either the Royal International or Horse of the Year show is one of the best days of your life, and it's certainly true. Um, it runs across the week, so there's something for everyone to watch, um, and each and every class is so prestigious. And, yeah, I think a placing there is just phenomenal, and to win there, it's a real, you know, dream come true for for every rider and the lovely big grass rings are so perfectly laid out and the the show seems to choose the the perfect setup for each class so the hunters have a really nice ring with a a kind of a sand track at the side when they can really show off the gallops and the the layout of the show as well it's it's really nicely kind of compact so you're not walking too far you can kind of catch everything you want to want to watch and they also don't judge with with marks at the Royal International um this was kind of brought in a couple of years ago and that really does add to the to the showmanship of the occasion and riders really have to put on a show because there's no marks and it does just add a little bit more suspense and yeah, I guess riders can really go for it a bit more. It's probably the the one championship where everything is, you know, you get your full time to, to perform a show and really show off your animal to the best of its ability. And yeah, it's just a really nice atmosphere as well. Everyone seems to be so glad to be there. The weather's always, it tends to be nice during the week. We can have a few showers the odd time just because it's, it's Britain. But yeah, it's just a really stunning occasion. Mm, well, I'm I'm excited about it myself now. <laughs> so tell us, what three sections are you most looking forward to watching? Everything's going in threes today, isn't it? Three sections, three classes <laughs> that you're most looking forward to, to, to reporting on and seeing. Uh, I'd have to say the Mountain Moreland classes just because I, I love native ponies myself and that's what I tend to focus on. So I've kind of, I know pretty much every single pony that'll be in the ring. I love watching them. So they're kind of held at the bottom of the... Um, of the showground in the Rogers Stack arena and yeah there's I think there's five Mountain Moreland classes and they they all as I said before they all get to ride an individual show so it's really interesting to see how the riders kind of set up their ponies and you know show off the paces so I'm really looking forward to that and the championships held in the in the main ring after all the classes and that's just such a showcase of our our beautiful breeds watching them all you know ride alongside each other it's absolutely wonderful and the hunters as well, the hunters and the working hunters, um, just because, I mean, as I said, the working hunter course is just such it's such a challenge, um, a, a nice challenge, but it's it's tricky. And the hunters as well, when they all head into the main ring for their championship, you have your um, 
your six competitors, your first and second from the lightweights, the middleweights and the heavies, and they all head into the main ring. And each judge, there's a different ride judge for each um, weight class, and they all get to have a spin on their first and second from the other classes. So you get to watch the judges ride them and get a feel for them. And sometimes it's just lovely to watch the judges having such a, a great time kind of galloping those hunters in that ring. And that's, yeah, that's really special. And I think the Supremes as well at the end of the show. Um, so all the champion ponies come back to the pony supreme and the horses all come back for the horse supreme and again the riders really really do tend to go all out for this and um, we've seen some absolutely wonderful displays of riding and, and showmanship over the years and I, i'm sure this year will be absolutely no different so that'll be a that'll be a lovely a lovely watch mm, great well to close off alex tell us about a few of the horses and ponies that you're looking forward to seeing ones that you've seen out this season and uh, people should keep a good eye out for yeah, it, it's always so difficult to choose because obviously everything depends on who's judging on the day and, and how the horses perform in front of said judges. Probably one of the, the stars who I'm really looking forward to seeing is Lisa Davies, lightweight cob Red Butler, who's in production with Robert and Sarah Walker. And Sarah rides him. And I actually... I was asked to judge um, a Supreme um, at the British Show Horse Association Championships in 2020. And he was forward for that. It was a novice Supreme. And he was a little bit novicey in that. And I don't think he ended up getting placed, but he just I just fell in love with him. And I just, I knew he was gonna go on to, to achieve big things. And he was Cobb champion last year. He was also Cobb champion at Hoys. And he's coming back this year. I think he'll be a seven-year-old this year. And he's just a, an absolutely incredible mover. I think that's what makes him really, really stand out. And I've seen him a few times this year. I saw caught him at the Great Yorkshire Show and that movement has just improved tenfold again. So I'm looking forward to seeing him out. Um, and also another champion from last year, the Thompson family's homebred Dartmoor stallion, Salcombe Stairhole Bay, who, um, yeah, he was Matt Moreland champion at Hickstead last year, and he was also Royal Windsor champion this year. And again, he's another pony. He was quite young last year, quite novicey. He was in his first season, and he's just come on again this year, and he is ridden by Katie Wright Payne, and they just have such a such a lovely partnership, and um, yes, he's a absolutely beautiful type of Dartmoor, so looking forward to seeing him to see if he can also reclaim his crown and probably finally I'm looking forward to seeing a horse called Silver Loft ridden by William Patendry. Um, this is probably one of my favourite horses on the circuit. I absolutely love watching him jump. He's won at the Royal International before and Horse of the Year show. And he kind of doubles up as, a, as an intermediate pony worker and as a horse working hunter. And I just love watching him. And I've kind of followed William's career since he was, um, you know, a teenager. And he's just gone on to be, you know, an absolutely incredible rider and he's still got so much more to give. So looking forward to watching them jump in their classes. I'll probably be stalking them round trying to catch them in their both their um in their classes. But yeah, so so many combinations. I can't wait to see and it's gonna be amazing. So yes. Great. Oh well thank you so much Alex. I think we've definitely got a great flavour of what to look out for in the show rings at the Royal International there and we'll have you on the podcast again afterwards to review all the action. Thank you. Well, thank you to my colleagues, Jen, Eleanor and Alex, as well as Shane Breen for helping us look back at the Hickster Derby and look forward to next week's Royal International on this week's Horse and Hound podcast, supported by Bucas. On next week's episode, we'll be previewing the Dressage, Show Jumping and Para Dressage World Championships in Herning, as well as touching on the Festival of Hunting at Peterborough. 
And the week after, we'll review the Royal International and see just how accurate Eleanor and Alex's predictions have proved to be. Join us next week for that preview of the British team's chances at the World Championships. Talk to you then. The Horse and Ham podcast is a Media Cage production.